0: Well, as I just said, there's, there's, little, there's one area you, you literally cannot overestimate how important it is in our lives. It is the mind, without question. And I'm talking more than just the brain. I'm not talking just about the organ of the brain. I'm talking about the thoughts the ideas, the things that move around in our heads, the way that we see life, the way that we see ourselves, the thoughts that we have about other people, the thoughts that we have about the experiences around us, the beliefs, the truths, the lies, all of those things take root inside of our mind. And so when it does that, it it actually does not just dictate the way that we think about things, Mind is actually dictating how we live our lives, how we begin to walk in this life. It's, it's telling us where we're going so that our everyday thoughts become critical to who we are and who we're becoming. It's not just ideas that we, we don't. In fact, I think maybe the, the, the lie is to think that we can have thoughts and it's not shaping who we are. Every thought in some way, form or fashion is shaping who we are. Therefore, there is a war taking place right now. I mean, right in this very moment, there is an epic battle, struggle over the real estate between your mind. You need to understand that this this place right here is the most important, most precious real estate you own in your life. And I can tell you, you can own all the real estate in the world. You can have the coolest properties in Williamson County. It's empty if the real estate right here is broken. It won't matter. It won't matter what you have. It won't matter what experiences you can be a part of if the real estate up here is broken, it will lead us down a path of destruction. And the enemy knows that, and God has designed us with this incredible mind, and so there's this war, this battle going on. The Apostle Paul actually knew this really well. The Apostle Paul, in fact, uh, when you think about the trajectory of his life, I don't know that you could find a person in the scripture who had a more poisoned mind than the Apostle Paul. At the moment, at that time, his name was actually, his name was Saul, and his mind was so poisoned, he had a hatred for a group of people because of their beliefs. And he hated them so much, his mind was so poisoned against them, it was so twisted that he systematically sought to eliminate, and by eliminate, I mean kill and murder, people who did not think like he thought. Part of a group of people, that you talk about uh, hate speech, or you talk about uh, the idea of hate, it's a, a big and broad issue even in our culture today, the idea of hate. The mind is an important place, and we saw... Paul the apostle Paul wrestling with that him he himself a very broken way of thinking a very poisoned mind himself And you find him wrestling with it. Actually, you see him wrestling through those moments where God is pulling out of him to be able to think in a different way. God began to break in to change his mind, to begin to change his mind, to transform his heart. And as Paul went on that journey, he was really honest with the church about how difficult it was. In fact, if you've read the scripture before, I love how authentic and how real uh, Paul was. Uh, in Romans 7, he's saying, Listen, this thing is really difficult, believing and walking out the things that I, we know to be right, but my mind is uh, coming against me. He said, Literally, he says, There's things that the things that I want to do, I don't do those things. And the things that I don't want to do, I keep doing those things. And he's literally going crazy. He goes, Who could save this wretched man? From this crazed I, uh, struggle, this battle that's going on, he says, thanks be to God who saves us in Christ. He says, he points, listen, there's, there's one saving grace. I got this battle going on in this place in my mind, but there's one saving grace. It's Jesus Christ. Paul knew there was an, a war. It was an absolute war. Everybody say war. War, war an absolute battle. That we're in, and he calls the church to that same process of having the hit their, your mind or our minds changed. He calls us to that same place. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. This is Paul describing to the church, it's almost, this is what he would say to us, this is what the Holy Spirit would say to us today. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, look at verse 3. He says, Listen, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war. According to the flesh, the NIV puts it this way, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. So he's saying just clearly here we're living in this place, but we're not waging our war according to how everyone else does it. Verse four, for the weapons that we're bringing to this warfare, the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but our weapons have divine power. To destroy strongholds. Divine power to destroy strongholds. Now, this is about as strong of language as you can get in trying to describe this war that's going on. He's saying, listen, this is real war, it's actual warfare. You and I are going to actually need weapons because the enemy has a plan, all right? He's acknowledging there's actually a war going on, but we're not going to fight the way that the world does. We're going to fight with weapons. And what are the weapons? It's divine power to overcome what? Strongholds. Meaning, this that the strategy of the enemy is to own the mind, own our thoughts. And this is probably one of the most consequential battles that any one of us will ever face in our lives. He uses the term stronghold, meaning, what's a stronghold? Stronghold's a fortress. It's literally a prison. And what he's unfolding here is that the plan and the purpose of the enemy is to build a fortress over us, brick by brick. Literally every thought trying to train us to, to build or put a stronghold, a fortress around where we're literally encased or enclosed in a prison. That is the battle, brick by brick. Every lie that we believe that's contrary to the truth, contrary to what God says, is literally we're putting together a fortress around ourselves that we cannot break out of. Every lie, every time you think I'm worthless, building a brick. I'll never change, brick. I'll always be this way, brick. I can't be honest about my struggles because they'll reject me, brick. I don't think God really cares about me, brick. No one will ever truly love me, brick. Putting up so so many bricks, it's like Shaquille O'Neal at the free throw line. It's just brick city, right? It's bad. Brick after brick after brick. Here's the problem. Every thought is either bringing us into life in God or it is building a fortress, a prison around us. Every thought. And the problem is... And I would be the first to confess is that we think we can walk through life inconsequentially having all kinds of different thoughts thinking that they won't have an actual effect on our lives. And what Paul is saying here is, dude, you're in a war. Every thought is either bringing you into life or suffocating you in a concrete fortress, a stronghold. And so... Paul's waving the flag saying, we cannot keep living life this way. We have got to begin to become intentional about the truth and the lies that are going on. God wants to speak truth over us to give us a vision for our days ahead, period. Why? Because God has a vision for your life. I mean, as sure as you are taking breath into your lungs at this moment... God has a design on you, moving you, shaping you, using you for his namesake and glory. You are important. Can I just say that? Please, the first truth we take away today, you are so important. You matter. You're important because you've been designed by God. You have design and destiny and calling on your life. Calling is not just on the people who stand on the stage. Calling is on all people in Christ for all time. And you're important because the moment that we say yes to Jesus Christ, we've now been now brought into a family. And we have a a mission to help other people be a part of that family. And we all play unique roles in helping the world see how they cannot be broken and in fortresses inside of an encased stronghold, but to be able to live out of what he wants to do in our lives. That's what he's doing. And so the question, that's what God wants to do. So the question is, who are we listening to? Where are the thoughts coming from? Because they're more than just thoughts. The thoughts that we think in our minds determine the life that we live. I'm gonna say it again. The thoughts that we think determine the life that we live. I love Pastor uh, Craig Rochelle puts it this way: Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Can't get away from it. Ironclad, hundred percent for every person. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Whatever's this whatever's the strength, whatever's the thing that is most clear in you, good or bad, is moving you. Most predominant way you think is moving our lives in a particular direction, so that if you find yourself regularly feeling negative or thinking negatively or critically, it's moving us in a direction of negativity and criticalness. If you will, uh, Proverbs 23 7 puts it this way For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you have a tendency to think, I- I'll never be able to do that, I, I-, I can't, I- I'll never be able to do that, can I just tell you? You probably won't. That's just the reality of what happens when we partner with an untruth or a lie about our lives. But if you think, listen, I believe in the power of God to to help me accomplish this, I believe that there's divine power to move me into what God has called me, then guess what? I believe you have a chance in God to do whatever it is that's in front of you. That's the truth. If you spend most of your time thinking about all the issues and problems, and some of, listen, some of you are real, like you just see all the problems all the time right? You see what's not right. And the question is not, the the problem is not that you see problems. All right, there are problems. The question is, is do you cycle on the issues and the problems? Because if you, if we find ourselves where our minds are constantly cycling on the issues and the problems, then guess what? We end up worn out. We end up exhausted. We're looking at what isn't We're looking at what is not happening or the ways, the things that need to be fixed and you're going, I don't know. And if you loop on the problems, it ends up putting you into the ground. But if you begin to think and pray, Lord, what are you doing? What's the solution? Where are you taking this thing? Whatever it is that you're facing, God begins to show you a way out or a way through or a way for your heart to understand the problem that you've perceived. These are the the things, the most prevalent thoughts that are clanging around in our head are actually dictating who we become. So that if we go down a pathway of negativity, I can promise you we'll stay in a, a place of negativity. But if we believe there is a God who has power to deliver us and to take us somewhere else, then we can begin to see him actually move our lives in that direction. And so that's the question. What's the strong, what are the strongest thoughts that are going on inside of our heads? So the question is this. If you want to see your life changed, if you want to see life changed, then it starts with changing our thoughts. It starts with changing our thoughts. Um, my wife and I just, we've more recently just begun to really kind of trying to flesh this out in a very real way. And by the way, we, uh, we did our, our first Freedom Group this summer. It was so good. We'll be doing another Freedom Group as our, our small groups are launching at the uh, end of this month. We'd love for you to be a part of that. Freedom Group is going to be one of those groups that we'll be launching again. And, uh, but going through that, that content, going through the truth of God's word about what it means to be to totally live free in Christ – um, and we, we, we'll we we'll launch that soon. Not, don't come like this Sunday. Don't show up at five o'clock on Sunday night and you'll be like, where is everybody? That a preacher. Um, but we'll be launching it here at the end of the month. But uh, our freedom group, it, it just helped rev- revive and refresh a little bit the truth of what God's word says. So we, we just, uh, in a more real way, what my wife and I've been trying to practice, we're certainly not perfect at it in any way, form or fashion, but just when the the when the wrong or bad thought comes in or the lie tends to come in the most normal thing is to keep it quiet and cycle on it and then you either try to work it out yourself or you try to try to internally fix it and so what uh, my wife and I have done a little bit is just to go listen here's a thought that's going on i I'm I'm having this thought and just to get it out loud, say it out loud and say, here's here's the broken thing that I've been thinking or here's like this. I woke up and I've started feeling this way immediately and just say it out loud. Just get it out. Try to, and, and say, Lord, here's the thought. I don't think this is in line with you or what you have to say about me or about this circumstance or about this situation and I'm just bringing this thing to the surface and I think the most awesome thing. One of the, it's been one of the more life-giving things we've done is just to be able to, to come to this place and be honest about the thoughts that are coming up, call them out and then say, God, what are you saying? What are you saying about this thing? What do you say about this thought? What are your thoughts about this? And it's been one of the more life-giving things that we've done. Not always easy because some of the thoughts aren't great. And even just the other night, just I had that point where you just, I'll just go, man, I just, there's that prevalent thing where I'm just, I don't feel good enough. I don't know if you've ever had that thought. I'm just not good enough. And there's this thing where the performance mentality I want to work in, I'm just not, I don't think I'm good enough. I'm not doing good enough. I'm not doing well enough. And just having to say that out loud and get it out. And, and my wife and I begin a dialogue. She's a safe place to be able to have a dialogue just to go, this is a thought that's going on in my mind and have to start working through that process. Our lives can actually begin to have a very positive outcome if we can actually begin to identify the negative or broken lies that we've allowed in, those places that we begin to build the fortress. You know, uh, you know what's cool? Science actually backs up what the word uh, says. You know that, every, every uh, decision, every thought that we have creates a neurological change in our brains. So just literally scientifically, every time we have a thought, it's got, it has some kind of effect on our brain. So when you do something positive, or you do something cool, uh, there's like literally a chemical called dopamine, and it just drops like in your head, and then you're like, oh, that was great. I wanna do that more. Right? So every time you have a, po- a positive thing happen, dopamine will drop down and you'll go, oh, I wanna do that, I, I-, I would love to do that again, that's awesome, I wanna-, I wanna reinforce that experience or that thought. And so in the same way, though, we can have negative thoughts, and here's the, the issue, when you have negative thoughts and you continue to have negative thoughts, what you actually do is you create a neural pathway, called a neural pathway where this, if you have the same thought over and over and over and over again, it actually begins to create a pathway in your brain so that the next time you come to a decision point, if you have a negative neural pathway, it's just, it's the easiest thing to go down. Meaning the minute you wake up and uh, you wake up and you missed your alarm and all of a sudden it's like, you've like the negative thing happened and then you just go down this path of negativity. We just... Uh, your brain is trained to go down a negative pathway or this negative neural pathway. This is true for both good things and bad things. We have these uh, habits. And the question is this, how can we change this pattern? Like, how do we begin to, to shift from these negative neural pathways to the new ones? In fact, our, um, uh, when I was a kid, um, uh, my, my great-grandmother, had passed away, and um, uh, she had a property in uh, Minden, Louisiana, and so it's like a little bitty city in Louisiana, but she had this home, it was an awesome home, we loved, we'd visit her a few times, and uh, her home was on a hill, and uh, it was right across from the Dairy Queen, so it was like, I had my great-grandmother and Dairy Queen, it was like, you know, Jesus had come, it was amazing. (laughs) And so she had this hill, so we always wanted to roll down the hill. Of course, we would, you know, my, our parents would be afraid that we would roll into the street. So we, um, but we just we, we, as much as we could possibly do, we ro- rolled down the hill and we tried to sneak across and buy stuff at Dairy Queen. But, so she, but she passed away. And so but my grandfather still, he was trying to take care of the property. And, um, and they hadn't had a chance to be able to sell it yet. And so um, he was like, we need to go over and take care of the property to get it ready. So we came over to the property. And when we arrived at the house, the grass was up to here. Well, I, I mean, I, it was up to here. I, my 12-year-old self, up to here, right? It was, re, it was high, high grass. So we literally, when we pulled up to our house uh, to be able to get to all the equipment and stuff, I, 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 I was like, how, how do we get to the house? I don't even, we can't, how do we get there? There's no path to the house. It's literally surrounded. There's no walkway. And he said, i tell you what we're gonna do. We're gonna cut ourselves a path to the house. And I remember this. So I remember literally like we, we got in like this line and we started cutting this new path. And all of a sudden we were able to get to the house and, it, oh, and then we were able to get to a whole bunch more of the uh, equipment and the stuff we need. But we cut that path and it, it is this beautiful picture. Listen, you, have, you, might, you and I might struggle with a negative pathway. And what God is saying is, listen, I've got divine power to cut a completely new pathway. And here's what he's the way he says it this way. So the question is this, how do we actually cut the new pathway? Second Corinthians 10, look at verse five. Here's how we do this. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought, say every thought. thought. Okay. Every Every thought. Thank you. Well, that's good. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah. You're feeling it. Every thought, every thought, every thought captive to obey Christ. Now, here's, what's amazing. Jesus Christ went to the cross into the grave and then was raised out victoriously. Meaning this. He's the king of the universe. Anything that is brought before the king of the universe and called to obey, it must obey. It must obey. It's the king of the universe. So... The hundreds and thousands of thoughts that we have, they can go one of two ways. A lofty thing set against God or a thought that is brought into the obedience of the king of the universe. What could God, the king of the universe, do with the broken thoughts that we have? When we bring them to to him to obey his word, it be that's the place where we begin to change. So here's what we got to do: you, we have to one acknowledge that there's something broken. We have a way of thinking, a way of seeing life, a neural pathway that has been cut over a long period of time, maybe because we saw our parents do it that way, and so we thought we had to do it that way, or a negative way of thinking because we see the problem and we don't see a way out for the solution, so we keep cycling on the problem, and we find ourselves in that place, and we come before him, we say have to acknowledge i have a negative way of viewing this i don't see this situation rightly i'm not seeing my spouse rightly i'm not seeing my kids rightly i don't understand my job situation rightly i'm frustrated about this thing and i feel the negativity of that thing and we bring that up before the lord all of a sudden we're getting before him and then step 2 what does he say demolish it demolish it we bring it before the lord And say, listen, this thought that is broken and not right, this lie, this untruth, we bring it before And The way that we do that is you grab it by the throat and you take it and you put it in front of the king of the universe. And say, this thing where I don't believe that I'll ever change, that I'm always gonna be this way, I grab that thought, that is not a thought from God. There's no part of scripture that would declare to you that you are stuck and you cannot get out. In fact, the entirety of the gospel is Jesus Christ conquered, so you're no longer stuck anymore. So you, the way you demolish the argument is you grab that thought and you bring it before the Lord and you say, you bring it into submission and into obedience to the King of kings and Lord of the lords. Because you know what he says? Jesus says, listen, You are clean. Jesus says, in me, you are enough. Jesus says, listen, your spouse has a call and a destiny on their life that you are called to help. Your children are made in God's image for incredible purposes. That your job is more than a paycheck. You are meant to shift the spiritual atmosphere of the world around you. You do have value and worth in Christ. When we come and we take those thoughts and we bring it before the Lord, It's the open opportunity to say, God, we want to see what you see. So, how do we do that? We begin to create that pathway. You feel lonely? I don't know if you've ever been in that place like you feel an emotion and it makes you do something. You can talk about that negative pathway. You feel lonely, so you go to the refrigerator. (laughs) I might be speaking a little bit out of my own thing. Like where you just have a negative emotion, you're like, oh, that feels like eating. And it kind of seems funny, but it can actually become destructive. And it can actually be really uh, unhealthy. And so you create these pathways, right? You go, I feel lonely. Uh, And so you're used to, when I feel this emotion, I go do this thing to self-medicate. But what we do is we take that thought when we feel lonely, we bring it before the Lord and we say, Lord, what do you say? What does Jesus say? And in that place, Jesus is able to say, hey, you are not alone. And we cut a new pathway so that when we, we bring it before him, instead of running to the refrigerator, we call a friend and say, hey, man, I want to get this horrible thought out. I feel lonely. I feel like I'm all alone. I don't feel like anybody's with me. And we call the friend, instead of running to the fridge, we call the friend and say, friend, what are you, you think? And the friend's gonna go, hey, Jesus says you're not alone and we're, we're right there with you. And we create a new pathway, right? I'm bored, that negative thing, I'm, I'm bored. So what do we do? Run to Instagram. And I just gotta be honest with you, there's probably not a worse place on the planet that when you're trying to deal with bad thoughts, social media is the devil, Right? Because all you, when you're thinking a negative thought, you're like, "Oh, I'm just uh, nothing's good. I just, want, uh, I'm just gonna go to Instagram. Oh, everybody's life is amazing except for mine. Oh my gosh, they're experiencing the joys of all of life, and I can't even. You know, the fridge doesn't work, and I, you know, the, my kid can't do his homework, and I can't do his homework either. And so, what am I gonna do? Right? It's like, and so, and we just. And we'll cycle. I'm going to tell you, I I think social media is great for sharing vacation pics and all that kind of stuff. But can we just be honest? It's just the worst place for dealing with the thoughts. And we actually looking to other people's experiences to somehow lift us out. And all it does is put us in the ground sometimes. So instead of when that boredom takes over, we actually come to the Lord and say, Lord Jesus, I, I feel bored. And I'm telling you, the King of Kings has life to give away. So maybe you, don't go to the, maybe you don't go to Facebook. Maybe you just open up your, the Bible app and just say, God, download. Give me a download right here, right now. But we create a new pathway. When the negative thing comes up, we say, Lord, I'm bringing it to you and I'm asking for you to create a new pathway. Cut that way to home, to the house, so to speak, where you're taking us. That's the beauty of what we can do. This is the journey we're gonna go on over the next few weeks. And so here's what I wanna do. You can put your notes down and, and put all this stuff aside. I just want you to close your eyes for a second. We're gonna finish with this. If you, as, as best you can, just maybe tune out everything else. And here's what I want us to do. Would you just, in your mind, I'm not gonna ask you to say it out loud or come up here or any of that kind of thing. Would you just name the biggest stronghold in your mind right now? What is the, that fortress of brokenness that maybe is holding you down? a broken way of thinking. I want you just to, we're just gonna take a minute. I'm gonna give you a minute. I want you to find the lie. That thing that says I'm not good enough or I won't ever be loved or I don't have what it takes or I'll always struggle this way or I'm not worth the investment or I've done too much. Whatever that negative thought is, just go after it. Or would you just reveal the heaviest thought? biggest stronghold. All right. Now that you've stronghold, I want you to name the truth that destroys the stronghold. Take a moment and say, Lord Jesus, what do you say? What are your words? Ask him right now. you just to see the truth of what God says crushing the lie and destroying that lie pulling apart the lie brick by brick pulling it down and right now would you just ask the Lord would you let this truth cut a new pathway for me a new way of thinking. I'm asking for this truth to be seated deep down in me. we just together, we see ourselves walking out of that prison right now. The walls are coming down. The bricks are being pulled apart. If the only thing that is holding this fortress up are lies, then we just speak the truth and we walk out of it. I pray, Father, even over the... In fact, I just pray for this next week that that everyone here everyone here that's with us that, Lord, this week, that their heart would be turned toward the truth and away from the lie. (laughs) That no longer would they feel subject to the negative pathway, but that they would sense the direction of your leading, that they would hear your voice. In fact, I just want to pray specifically Lord, that our ears would be uniquely open this week just to hear from you. I'm praying that over myself. I wanna hear from you. Less of my thoughts, more of your thoughts. Help us to tear walls down, not build them up. And over these next few weeks, as we learn how to see our minds changed and we walk through the practicals of becoming more like you, Lord, I pray that you'd begin to develop a people who see the world the way that you see it, who see our spouses the way that you see them, who see our children and our coworkers the way that you see them, who see the circumstances and the things that we're worried about and all of our fears and doubts and anxieties and all of those things, we begin to bring them into alignment with your thoughts. you begin to carve out a new way of seeing life in you, by you and your truth. We feel so deeply thankful for power to to, to overcome. Before we go, I'm just gonna pray a blessing over you. And in a moment, we'll have some prayer partners down front, just some people would love to pray with you. If there's something that maybe you've just been hanging on to, or you just want somebody to partner with you, about some things you've been thinking, just going, hey, I don't wanna think this way. Our prayer part's gonna be down front or maybe just anything that's going on in your life, they're gonna be available. Let me pray this blessing before we go. The Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. And give you peace. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Blessings, guys. Love you, guys. Prayer partners will be down front. We'll see you next week. Don't forget to sign up to help or bring a side dish.